Pages 15 A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim I begin in the name of Allah, compassionate to all, merciful to each. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the 15th episode in this podcast series titled Journey Our Eyes Through the Quran, Exploring 30 Juz in 30 Days. Today, inshallah, we will continue our journey through the pages of the Quran as we take a brief look into the 15th juz of the Quran, which consists of the entirety of Surah Al-Isra, the night journey, which is 111 verses long, and also it contains the first 74 verses of chapter 18, Surah Al-Kahf, the cave. Both of these surahs are also Meccan. In today's episode, we will take a brief look into two topics intimately intertwined with one another, namely risk and du'a. Rizq can be translated as sustenance or provision and is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is what we are allotted and what reaches us. A common struggle that we face is how our rizq in this world or what we get in this world is tied to our du'a or prayers and the things which we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for. The struggle here is when we grapple with what happens when we are denied our requests. Much of this struggle has to do with our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and understanding his role and ultimate power and control in the universe and de facto our own role or lack of power at all. In Surah Al-Isra, there is a very crucial verse about du'a which we will begin by reading for today's episode. وَيَدْعُ الْإِنسَانُ بِالشَّرِّ دُعَاءَهُ بِالْخَيْرِ وَكَانَ الْإِنسَانُ عَجُولًا Man prays for ill as avidly as he prays for good, and man is overhasty. From this verse, there are two major points that can be noted. The first is that there are many times when we, insan, human beings, pray for things that are actually to our detriment, mistaking them to be good for us when in reality they're harmful or negative for us. As such, we end up praying for good things and bad things for ourselves, and this stems from a lower quality which is mentioned at the end of this verse and associated with it, and that is that we are ajul, or hasty. As hasty creatures, a lot of the time we want things quickly and instantly without taking the time to carefully consider the reality of its benefits and harms, which is why we pray for things that are bad for us at times. Sometimes when we pray for something that we really want, and perhaps we're denied it, this verse can be helpful to recall and we can ask ourselves a question. Is it possible that we're really praying for something that is shar or that is negative, that is bad for us? and that we've confused it for something good out of our hastiness or out of the limits of our knowledge? Many a time when our du'as are not answered in the way that we desire materially in this world, we become frustrated, thinking that somehow Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is rejecting us, and we wonder, why is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keeping something good away from us? Why isn't he giving us what we want, what we know is good for us? Here, we can look to verses 18 to 21 of Surah Al-Isra for some further insights.
ومن اراد الاخره وسعى لها سعيها وهو مؤمن فاولئك كان سعيهم مشكورا كلا نمد هؤلاء وهؤلاء من عطاء ربك وما كان عطاء ربك محظورا انظر كيف فضلنا بعضهم على بعض وَلَلْآخِرَةُ أَكْبَرُ دَرَجَاتٍ وَأَكْبَرُ تَفْضِيلًا Whoever desires what is immediate of this world, we expedite for him therein whatever we wish for whomever we desire. Then we appoint hell for him to enter it, blameful and spurned. Whoever desires the hereafter and strives for it with an endeavor worthy of it, should he be faithful, The endeavor of such will be well appreciated. To these and to those, to all we extend the bounty of your Lord, and the bounty of your Lord is not confined. Observe how we have given some of them in advantage over some others, yet the hereafter is surely greater in respect of ranks and greater in respect of relative merit. Interestingly, we see here that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that he expedites what is immediate of this wor- world, what is ajira, the immediate worldly blessings, and he expedites these for disbelievers because he considers them unworthy, as he says in verse 21. <laughs> A fastidious response for what is material and what is wealthy of this world is not necessarily an indication of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's love for us. In fact, it might be the opposite. This doesn't mean that if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does choose to bless us with something, that we should immediately take it as an ill omen instead of a blessing. But it's to realize that sometimes his delay or his withholding of a certain form of rizq is not necessarily a negative thing or indicative of his unhappiness or his rejection of us as people, as followers, as believers. In verse 30, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّ رَبَّكَ يَبْسُطُ الرِّزْقَ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ إِنَّهُ كَانَ بِعِبَادِهِ خَبِيرًا بَصِيرًا Indeed, your Lord expands the provision for whomever he wishes and tightens it. Indeed, he is well aware of his servants and a keen observer. Here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reminding us that yes, it is in his control to expand and give whatever he likes to whomever he wants. But the verse ends with something important and that is remembering who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. Allah is aware of what we need. He's aware of what's good for us. And as servants, especially as intentional servants, he pays attention to it. He says, He pays attention to us as believers and he responds and grants his provision according to his all-encompassing knowledge of us. Our state, our well-being, our religious well-being, our spirituality, our connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our future and everything else in between. When we realize that everything is from him, that everything is in his control, we start to focus less 
on the things that are out of our control. We have a level of tawakkul, reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we can have a level of tafweed, which means to entrust our affairs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's what's required here. We also realize that our possessions are not our own possessions, but the rizq is given to us and granted to us from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who everything belongs to. He grants it to us through various means that he puts at our disposal. This idea makes it easier for us to give, to be less attached to this world, and to give even when it comes to things like charity. And since today we're remembering Imam Hassan we can see how his recognition of rizq being a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and belonging to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is what allowed him to give an incredible amount in charity. It is reported that twice Imam Hassan gave everything he owned in the way of charity and in another three times he gave half of his wealth. As such, he was known for his generosity and his humbleness. He recognized that everything was in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This characteristic of his is exceptional and it goes against a sometimes unfortunate common tendency that we have to be covetous or halu and often ungrateful when good things come our way. In fact, this tendency to be ungrateful in times of ease and to be a little stingy is elaborated on in verses 66 to 69 and again Surah Al-Isra. رَبُّكُمُ الَّذِي يُزْجِي لَكُمُ الْفُلْكَ فِي الْبَحْرِ لِتَبْتَغُوا مِنْ فَضْلِهِ إِنَّهُ كَانَ بِكُمْ رَحِيمًا وَإِذَا مَسَّكُمُ الضُّرُّ فِي الْبَحْرِ ضَلَّ مَنْ تَدْعُونَ إِلَّا إِيَّاهِ فَلَمَّا نَجَّاكُمْ إِلَى الْبَرِّ أَعْرَضْتُمْ your lord is he who drives for you the ships in the sea so that you may seek of his bounty Indeed, he is most merciful to you. When distress befalls you at sea, those whom you invoke besides him are forsaken. But when he delivers you to land, you are disregardful of him. Man is very ungrateful. Do you feel secure that he will not make the coastlands swallow you, or he will not unleash upon you a rain of stones? Then you will not find any defender for yourselves. Do you feel secure that he will not send you back into it another time and unleash against you a shattering gale and drown you because of your unfaith? Then you will not find for yourselves any redresser against us. And again in verse 83, this concept is repeated again. وَإِذَا مَسَّهُ الشَّرُّ كَانَ يَئُوسًا 
When we bless man, he is disregardful and turns aside, but when an ill befalls him, he is despondent. Here we see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describing a tendency of human beings who have not paid much consistent attention to their spiritual purification. And what happens is that when they're blessed, they turn away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instead of thanking Him and turning to Him. And the only time when they turn to God is when they are in incredible distress and have nobody else to turn to. For example, when someone is at sea and stuck in a storm, something that no human can control or even feign control over, it is an instant of absolute vulnerability. And it's in these instances of absolute vulnerability where we feel out of control. It's these instances where we often remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the most. In times of absolute desperation versus times of ease. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this passage asks a few rhetorical questions. And he says, why do we feel so secure against his power? What makes us think that we will not die at any moment? Whether we are at sea or not, we are still vulnerable, fragile, and in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Death could come to us at any moment. The difference is that in a storm at sea, we are more perceptive of this fragility, recognizing our vulnerability. But it's true in all instances. Our life is always in the hands of Allah. And this fragility of our lives is not meant to scare us. But rather, it is to remind us that we are absolutely at the disposal of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That He is in control, that He is our Lord, and that we should turn to Him, not only in times of desperation, but constantly. We should be consistently hopeful and thankful, unlike the tendency that we seem to have, which is to only turn to Him when we feel like we need it. When do our most personal, heart-wrenching du'as take place? Is it when we feel as though we have enough of this world and we feel truly content? Or is it when we want something of this world so badly that we turn to Him in the process? The truth is that sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala withholds something of the dunya from us so that we can turn to Him and recognize His control. Other times, it's because he knows that whatever transient, temporary pleasure we're after is not good for us and our long-term well-being or relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or, it's because he wants us to go through the process of building a personal relationship with him, detaching ourselves from our superficial attachments. He wants us to call to him, and he wants us to realize that our deepest desire isn't what we're asking him for. Our deepest desire is proximity to Him, whether we realize it or we don't. Our du'as to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala need not be transactional. And inshallah, as we go through this holy month, we can do our level best to build on these du'as, not just to get what we want of this world, but to build a deeper relationship with our Lord, fighting and struggling for our essential purpose in life, which is nothing other than to be connected to Him. والحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته